Hey, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to the Effort of Community Church weekly podcast, a conversation with our pastors and leaders meant to continue encouraging you to know God, know freedom, know purpose, and make a difference. Hey, Effort of Community Church and friends of Effort of Community Church, wherever you're at listening to this, whenever you're listening to it, it's we're really thrilled that you're willing to sit with us for a bit and reflect this week on Easter. Well, I, um, it is so funny. Like I had family over this weekend, so they they, they spent the night, and so um, uh, they were asking us on Saturday night. They're like, "Hey, uh-huh. do you have to go back tomorrow?" Like, and 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 I was like, "Oh yeah, I got to yes. go back. Not just because I'm employed. Like I would go back just to experience that again." And Absolutely. then they turned to Rachel, and they were like, "Rachel, um, are you going tomorrow? Do you have to go every week?" And she goes, "I'm going because." I just want to encounter God again. I, I was just reflecting this weekend, man, to be a part of a community where I craved to go back a second time because I know yeah. the Spirit, we didn't create a phenomena. The Spirit met yeah. us and created a phenomena, and the Spirit meets us in so many different ways. It's yeah, just, it was great, and it was a unique experience this weekend because there's so much energy around Easter. It's such a great like high place in our year, if yeah, you will, too, like a, a a timeline that goes up like this and gives us a chance to like celebrate something. Yeah, so man, it's, it's I'm really thrilled. Good. So we're going to talk a little bit about this weekend <clears throat> services, what it meant to us. Hi, I'm Jim Merman, teaching pastor. Nate Kennel, who's our director of IT, he makes this place work. What got you this weekend, right? Uh, well, I mean, the, the energy in worship, just that corporate sense of, you know, worshiping the the risen Lord together. Mm-hmm. I just think there was an extra shot of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, next on the list, that the first lead-in testament, well, baptism too, how can I miss? What, I'm just going to go through well, the whole service. Well, don't go for the testimony summer. yet. I want <laughs> to talk more about that worship part. <laughs> All right, yeah. Because I, I do think we have to remember that Easter always has its own kind of energy, yeah. right? You, yeah. We are celebrating, well, as I called it, the victory of God, right? Yeah. Over sin and death. But um, I, I, I don't think we can forget that something about the lead-up lessons on the kingdom of God coming among us. Yeah. And then we ended that one by praying over our new worship director, but really talking about make mm-hmm. kingdom worship come among us. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's a small thing of what we experienced this mm-hmm. Sunday together. Not at all. And I, I was thinking about how Luke's message uh, led in even to the baptism. So many pieces tied into that. The fact mm-hmm. that we had baptism on Easter Sunday and Luke, Luke brought in, I mean, maybe it's as kind of a person who learned about Anabaptist history growing up, and he's talking about Felix Mons and um, him being martyred as the first mm-hmm. Anabaptist person. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kevin sharing on, um, hey, baptism, the main thing that we focus on in baptism is personal confession of faith, right? That, right. that personal connection. And so I just I did feel like the lead up on the kingdom of God was, was perfect for this weekend. Yeah, and you know, the worship yeah. time, I, I do want to highlight the nature of this week's service. It was different. I mean, mm-hmm. if you were there, there was some nervousness among the programming team. There's a group of us who meet on Tuesdays every week, and we talk about the previous week, um, what worked, what didn't, where the Spirit met us, where we amplified the Spirit's work in our midst, and then we talk about advanced programming. And there was some nervousness to take this approach of no speaker, no formal one speaker <laughs> yeah. up there, but to allow the testimonies of the community to be the word of the Lord to us, right? And yeah. I, I loved it, man. I think it worked. And then to add baptisms in there, yeah. where you had 12 one day, 15 the next. You know, we had over 30 people baptized this weekend. Yeah. And, um, I, and was there was wonderful. so much. It's like, you know, you have Easter, you have baptism. We're packing it all in. There was a real focus with the programming on like, hey, let's keep this simple, the old acronym, right? That's right. Um, so, and I think that really left room for 
to God to work in the midst of it, right? It was like, we're just going to put the, these examples of what God is doing among us mm-hmm. and see what he does with it. And I really felt there was a cool flow that was or- really orchestrated by God because we just, uh, yeah. let's keep it simple. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I kicked it off there on, um, or the second part of the service was my job to kick off and just remind us that our sub-stories, our sub-narratives are within this larger narrative of what I tried to introduce as the way Mark begins his gospel, who was the first gospel to be written. That's something I really wish I would have highlighted this weekend to Hmm. say, hey, remember, this is the gospel that Luke and Matthew, I mean, Luke copied half of it, Matthew copied almost three quarters of it. And so they're both there, and they already know it's already assumed the way Matthew starts it. Everyone already knows, like, here begins the victory of God in Jesus Christ, man. And so all the stories after that, wherever your story fits in that, you're fitting in this larger story of this God who came to deal with sin, death, blindness, brokenness, and speak life over us, man. And that's why I think the testimonies were so alive, because they were... They were just all pointing back to this larger victory that we've experienced. Loved yeah, it. I really, I really feel like I, I was given an immediacy kind of of, of the personal mm-hmm. uh, breaking in of Jesus, you know, his manifestation, his, yeah. And, and that story oh, that yeah. you talked about, uh, heralding a victory, right? Yeah. I don't know. I thought that brought um, something immediate too that was like, wow, I, I don't often think of it that way. But the, the, the fact that they're using a word that was typically used, used to uh, announce uh, a, a herald that's victory. running and saying, hey, we have, I, yep. I thought that brought another level too of that immediacy. Yeah. Well, so yeah. what testimony stood out to you? I mean, by the way, well, we're not saying there's favorites, but there's definitely, <laughs> maybe you had one too, if you were a part of the service, which one stood well, out to you? I just thought um, Kyle's baptism testimony yeah. was so personal. Uh, and that moment where, so to recap, he, he basically, he, he had been baptized, but this was, um, it was something he felt, I just, I just have to do this. Mm-hmm. My prior experience was so kind of rote, um, mm-hmm. uh, just a part of a culture of baptism and um, it, kind of in that vein of Anabaptist, like, hey, um, this first time, uh, this now I am making a decision and now mm-hmm. I know it's real. But the moment that really stood out to me was what, what he felt God said to him. Because in the moment he was like, what am I do? What is this? Like, mm-hmm. what's the reality of this? And he felt God spoke directly to his heart. Um, I identified with you and mm-hmm. now you've identified with me. And it was like, oh, it's like <laughs> God re- reached into his heart and just like squeezed yeah. Well, let me tell you a little bit. I was uh, on the receiving end because Kyle came to me to be baptized. But first I want to remind you of something that we do um, hold deeply this idea of believer's baptism, for lack of a better thing. And that's not to take away from what I call baptisms of consecration. Um, I, you know, I, I was baptized when I was a baby. I baptized my children. And that baptism was me bringing them into what I consider to be the grace of the church, this, this overarching grace that comes when we are baptized into a body mm-hmm. that we have nothing to do with. But I, I did tell them, even when they were old enough to realize, like, um, your mother and I brought you into the grace of the church, mm. but there will be a point when you individually will identify with God. And I, I'm with you. That's what I love about Kyle's thing. It's like he wasn't doubting any previous, um, as if the old other thing was just mere religion. Yeah. But he was highlighting, like, I knew there was something about me and Jesus. Um, and, and I think it was beautiful. Now, I remember when he came forward, the guy was shaking. Yeah. Because you remember when he was telling his testimony, he says, <laughs> My heart was, my heart was yeah. pounding my throat. And he's just there shaking, his wife's with him, and um, and he's like, 
Jim, and Matt Swords is not far away. He's like, Jim, I just got to get baptized. And my inclination, it's probably just my personality type, I'll jump into the water anytime with anyone. But we have some administrators who are amazing who reminded me that if the craziness started too soon, they weren't ready with all the towels or stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I'm telling you, Kyle was shaking. So I just had to make that call in the moment and turn to our administrators. I'm like, hey, we got to get this guy baptized. So Matt and I jumped in with our clothes on. Cost me um, a nice deep color in my one pair of jeans. Oh. I'll have to say that. <laughs> um, but all that to say, we jumped in. Worth and it, right? We had him pray and his prayer and then... I believe Matt and I had prayers over him that the Lord spoke some things as well through. And, man, that guy was baptized. You, you, the, the, he and the Spirit I re- were... I remember that man. week because there were conversations then, of it yeah, afterward yeah. that sort of had ripple effects. So it was That's a very right. exciting... Oh, yeah, man. That, I think 21 people got baptized spontaneously. Actually, I don't want to make up numbers. I think it might have been 21 total, but 12 spontaneously there in a row. And Kyle set something loose there. And it's not just about starting a movement. I just think an individual had a moment and it released something in a room. It's really, yeah. really beautiful. Okay, my favorite of the testimonies, <laughs> if we're allowed to have favorites. First of all, the adoption testimony at the end. Come on, man. Yes, um, that was amazing. I love that Kevin just reminded us the sovereign hand of God's at work, and occasionally we get a chance to see it. We actually could have missed that one, Yeah. and God would have still been at work doing God's good yeah. stuff. So there's something that I remember, I felt like a word was coming to us as a community, like, my hand is toward you, um, Psalm 27, I would have fainted if I did not believe I would see the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. His hand is at work sovereignly. Yeah. And, but the fact that we got a chance to, to glimpse in on that one and yeah. to see the crazy moving pieces was just gorgeous. So that was then when my favorite testimony, however, was Melissa, who was right after Kyle. And I have to tell you, first of all, I, I'm proud of how brave she was as a mom to sit and yeah. go, I carry anger. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got to tell you, sometimes my children are not the objects of my affection. Yeah. Sometimes they feel like the greatest burden I carry. Like when we are able to admit some of the stuff that preys on us mm-hmm. and how it preys on us uh, as a presenting issue and in trying to get to the root that she recognizes yeah. anger. I just want to say kudos to a mom who admits it is or a parent or a caregiver yeah. that admits this is really hard, man. So yeah. just the bravery of that testimony right. to be in front of 3,500 plus people and mm. say, this is something I struggled with, but I found God in it. I mm. just, I loved the bravery coupled with how God met her. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, another thing I love about that testimony is that she said, I found out I didn't have an anger problem. I had an identity problem. And it was like, Dude, was so sometimes it's not working on not doing the thing that we're hating, you know what I mean, yeah. about ourselves. We see these things, in our, and it's like it's almost uh, ineffective to work on the stuff that is a, a manifestation of a bigger issue in our mm-hmm. lives. And the cool part is she wasn't trying to fix the anger. She participated in this washing of reading the Word, right, with mm-hmm. the, and she was just like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to do this. Mm-hmm. And God came and meet her, met her in it, completely changed her heart. And then later she realized it was like, oh, I didn't even have to work on the anger thing. Yeah. He came and changed who I was in him and it, and it shifted everything, which oh, is dude, awesome. So, <laughs> um, I'm going to give you last word in a minute here, but I want to share one story because I always pay attention to where our lead pastor lands. Um, I am, you know, I didn't grow up in a stream of the church that understood the fivefold gifting ministries. And let's just say that, let's just say I carry a teaching one or Mm-hmm. When I look at Chris Weber, he's a true communitarian pastor. Um, when I look at Matt, he ha- he's a prophet mm-hmm. who is also a pastor. You yeah. know, by the way, we could I could go through, I could even do this with Nate. I think there's so many that I have the joy of seeing their gifts that are at work in them. 
Yeah. Well, when my lead pastor, who also carries an apostolic gift, I listen to what he's identified as the word mm-hmm. for us in Easter, and he chose adoption. Yeah. Now, granted, he, he landed on the sovereignty right. of God's stuff, but where Kevin really landed that conversation again was, oh, if we only had a glimpse into what it meant to be heirs, co-heirs, sons and daughters of a living God and to be adopted. And I just want to tell a one-minute story to try to reawaken our imagination to it. Some of you have heard me tell this before, that I was part of a team that Wycliffe Bible Translators Hmm. invited a YWAM team in to do some discipleship teaching after a particular translation in Papua New Guinea was finished. And it was fascinating because in Papua New Guinea, there's no sheep or lambs. So it's really hard to bring that to, imagery. To translate that, yeah. yeah. Of the, the lamb of God, right? Yeah. So the translators found out that the actual pig is the closest thing to the domestic pet. <laughs> and literally lives in the home. Actually, the human mothers even will nurse these pigs. Like, it's it's pretty, pretty crazy stuff. But all that, not crazy, but crazy culturally compared to us. So these pigs, now, if you visit that community... The families will argue over who gets to sacrifice their pig for a meal. Wow. Because once that's been done for you, you are now considered part of that family that gave up that pig. And in that community of the Barai people, you wear the name of the pig. So I'm just going to make up a pig named Wilbur. So if you'd visit again, <laughs> it'd be like Wilbur's coming and he's part of this family in this tribe. And, and wow. so when they translated the New Testament in Romans where it says... Jesus, the Lamb of God, slain for you to be adopted as sons and daughters, Romans 7, 8, 9. Um, they translated it in the Barai People New Testament, um, Jesus, the pig of God. <laughs> My brother was there. That's I couldn't amazing. make the trip. My brother was there, and he was part of witnessing when the elders and the 200 leaders who were being trained in the Word, when they came to that passage and read it publicly for the first time, Public weeping broke out. They had to call off the meeting for four hours because people went into the into the surrounding um, brush and area to get saved. The Holy Spirit led the entire group. Matter of fact, the pig of God. That's <laughs> because the pig of God. Because when they read it, they saw they, to them it's like God would give His pig so we could wear His name. Wow. And in some ways, it had a more visceral meaning than our theoretical right. stuff. Most of us have never hung out with lambs. We're hanging out in like this Greek theoretical yeah. world. They knew what it meant for someone to give their pig so that you can wear their I name. don't know how to even respond to that. I've, Dude! This is the first time I've heard the story, and I'm like, that is amazing. It is it's, powerful. It's like God orchestrated that piece of their culture just yeah. so he could on that day. That's exactly what people <laughs> believe, the redemptive nature of what God throws S- these redemptive Side elements. note, I had a <clears throat> pet pig named Wilby, so it's... <laughs> It's an amazing Sorry. connection. Don't make my ribs I'm hurt. admitting it. I was in an accident last week, and I broke a rib and bruised two others. And now every oh time I goodness. laugh, I'm I just sorry, like, Jim. So, with, with the laughing. <laughs> so all that to say, man, I'm with Kevin, that may your adoption as a son and daughter of God really sit deep with you. And I believe that we want it to be the, we want to be the kind of community. I want to be a son who also labors in the vineyard on behalf of this good father, right? And so we at ECC are turning toward others with the gifts and the graces and the goodness we've been given. And I think this weekend, too, it's really fun to back Mm up an Easter weekend with William Wood coming, one of the more prophetic voices we know in the area, coming from Global Awakening to deliver a word over us. I've gotten some of his advance notes, and he's coming to declare some things over us. And so be preparing your heart and your mind to take whatever adoption and 
sonship and daughtership and heirness of God um, to to the world. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. Any last Amen. thoughts? No, I mean we're all in this journey, and and uh, may you guys find find Jesus, a personal mm-hmm. relationship with Him in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And let it run <laughs> deep. So we appreciate you all. You have a yeah. wonderful week. Hope to see you this weekend, whether it's online or in our midst. Take care. See ya. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged by listening and that you'll join us again next week. You can listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, and of course, learn more about us by visiting effortacommunitychurch.com. Mm-hmm.